All right, good morning, folks. What's going on? Today is Wednesday, June 14th, Worldwide Wednesday. This is episode number 387 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Sean Washington, Brandon S., Kenneth Rupp, this cup of coffee, Adrian Harris, and all the Simply Cyber community, including you, are going to be going through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I will goose down my audio so I'm not fighting the midnight singing. Hopefully you heard me. All of us are going to be ripping through the top cyber news stories, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize this at your work, bringing cyber risk reduction to your business, or if you are a uh, looking to break into the industry, right? A little cyber curious, a uh, little mid-career pivot, little just graduated, looking to break in. Whatever your story is, there's going to be value for here value for you here not just in the stories that we cover the analysis that i give sometimes i go off on a tangent and give you something that a textbook will never give you but also the community itself right now just 64 beautiful people in here but it's gonna it's going to increase as we get going and you'll see that the networking is in unbelievably important so stay tuned you're gonna you're gonna really appreciate it and we've got an absolute great show for you i set the stories up gifted subs oh my god oh! want to say shout out and thanks to barricade cyber for the gifted subs hold on 50 gifted subs get up on it uh mod chat if you can help me really quickly is my audio uh is the music going up and down because in my ear it's not going up and down it's just staying static so let me know uh one way or the other nice george strasberger let me know about my audio because i am uh it doesn't go up and down for me in my ear which is a problem it's down now. All right, cool, cool. All right, so thank you, Kimberly. So I'm assuming it went up and went down when I did it. All right, so guys, Barricade Cyber Solution dropping a 50 bomb on people's heads. George Strasburger announcing his 12-month blue logo badge. And nice job, George. If you are receiving a gifted sub right now, like Ezra, Kayla Matthews, Stixos, Matt McDaniel, please jump down into the tray on YouTube and suck up those emotes man barricade cyber cash rules everything around me get some right eat that eat those emotes out onto stream nice job thanks a lot eric taylor and the gang over at simply cyber speaking of uh barricade cyber before we get into it in addition to throwing gifted subs around oh and by the way what did we just become best friends eric taylor yep thank you eric taylor um I want to say shout out and thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions. In addition to sponsoring 50 subs just a few minutes ago, Barricade Cyber is an evergreen uh, sponsor of the Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast. Um, hold on, I got to move my mic up. Day three of AudioGate. I had to talk with my audio engineer yesterday. He was he was he was not super pumped about this solution. Uh, and uh, I threatened to tape the mic to my face. So, pump up my gain on the mic. All right, hold on one second. Check, 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 check. Let's try that. Let's see how that works. Um, oh man, that hurts my ear. Hold on one second. Give me a second. Hold on. We're gonna do it the old. We're gonna do it the hardcore way, okay? You don't typically go into the the bowels of the be the belly of the beast here, but I'm going in. Ready? I'm gonna juice it right now. Everybody, hold tight. Kevin Knight, Passive Observer, glad you're here. Hold tight, here we go, I'm at 48 dB. I'm going to 52 dB. Toast, toast, I'm clipping. Ooh, 
Is that too loud? It says I'm clipping now. Yee, 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 yee. All right, I'll go down to 50. How's that, everybody? How's that? Holler at me. Okay, cool. All right. Nobody tell Base Case that I'm inside the uh, that I'm inside the gains on the XLR app. Don't tell him. I'm not allowed in there. I'm not, I don't have permissions. I just abused my authority. Guys, shout out and thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is um, dedicated to helping business owners uh, recover from cyber attacks and fix the damage done. Dude, cyber attacks, ransomware specifically, causes absolute chaos for businesses. The people are devastated. The business is devastated. There's a story coming up later today. I think a hospital went out of business because of ransomware. So, guys, holler at Barricade Cyber, barricadecyber.com. Have a conversation with them before it's too late. Believe me, you're going to be happy that you did if you ever need him. Check him out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Also want to say shout out to Panopsi. Panopsi does quantified risk assessments. Brandon Poole. Uh, he's been sponsoring the show for like six, seven months. I don't know if he's ever tuned in, honestly. Uh, I love Brandon, but he's super, super busy. I think he sponsors the show just because he cares about what we're doing here. Um, exactly, Steve. I'm abusing my, my, my authorities. Um, I think Brandon Poole just really cares about what we're doing here with the community. He wants to support it in some way possible. So go check out Panopsi.com. Uh, they do quantified risk assessments, which is a phenomenal way to lay out a, you know, one to three year roadmap for your business on what you need to do in order to reduce cyber risk. James McQuiggins, good morning and coffee cup cheers to you, James. You know I love myself some coffee. Got the French roast, um, got the French roast going full tilt up in here. There we go, get some blue lights in the background, see if that cleans up my background. What? Did James McQuiggin and I just become best friends? Yep, thanks James. Let me take a slug off the coffee. Oh my God, so good. All right, guys. So before we get into it, if you're team live, hashtag team live in chat. Um, I see 156 of you. If you got here late, Eric Taylor was throwing around gifted subs. There still might be some to grab up at the top there if you're in YouTube and you see the YouTube chat. Again, thank you. Definitely take advantage of all the squad memberships. Um, hey, Jenny Housley, good to see you. Um, guys, if you're team live, let us know with a hashtag team live in chat. If you are hashtag uh, team replay, I've had more time because uh, I'm where I'm at uh, remotely right now to uh, engage with the team replay people. So please hashtag team replay. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think about audio gate and let me know what you think about the stories. If you're uh, gonna leave early or got here late, hashtag team hybrid. I wanna start a new hashtag, by the way. It's kind of a minor hashtag, but like hashtag, hashtag first time here maybe. Like we can workshop that, but every time there's somebody new on stream, I, I love to see that there's new people here. I love to welcome them. I want them to know that this is, um, you know, a cool place that they can learn and, and you know, ask questions and, and be, you know, welcome. So hashtag first time here. If you're new here, uh, welcome to the show. Also, I want to say hashtag um, passive observer. If you are typically in the dark and you want to step forward into the networking light, hashtag passive observer, step into the light and start networking uh, team first timer. All right, Adrian Harris. Um, where's my, uh, I, I, I like uh, first timer. We'll, we'll go with that. All right. Um, okay, so every single Wednesday, if you're new here, every single Wednesday, and today is no different, we do something called Worldwide Wednesday. It's a very special activity 
But before we, we actually do it, I'm super pumped to, hold on, I have so little real estate, it's like ridiculous. I'm super pumped to share that Worldwide Wednesday is actually a sponsored segment. So if you don't know about it, Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. You can see on stream, I've pinned the chat um, you know, at the top of YouTube with the link and all that stuff. Guys, this isn't just some like, um, you know, salesman push. Um, ACI Learning, uh, their, te their technology, their, their, their content, their education, their curriculum, their learning paths, their labs, their cert exams, their practice exams, their educators, they're all top-notch. They're all phenomenal. Okay, believe that. So I wouldn't sponsor them in this way. I wouldn't let them sponsor the Worldwide uh, Wednesday segment if it wasn't awesome, and it is. All right, so with that out of the way, let me tell you guys, get ready. Every single Wednesday for two minutes, we ask people in chat where they're from, and we see if we can go around the world. And guess what? We've done it for the last, I want to say, three weeks in a row, definitely the last two weeks, and I really want this week to keep the train going. So... We've got, um, we got a, hold on, let me set it for two minutes. Timers for two minutes. All right, chat, mods, I, I'm gonna need your help on this one, obviously, as you guys are gonna be crushing it. All right, guys, where are you at? Wilmington, North Carolina, bringing it online, I love it. Good morning, New York City, good to see you. Australia, East Coast, hey, Alex, good one. We'll bump Daft Punk up a little bit. Hold on one second. Uh, all right, we're at 61 on the music. Canada's in the house. Charleston, South Carolina. Love the low country. What's up, Afghanistan? I see you. I see you, Afghanistan. Oh, my gosh. It's so small on this TV. Turkestan. Uh, Afghanistan. Uh, Colorado. Uh, hold on one second. London's in the house. UK online. The DR. I, I bet you that's um, Leonardo. Nigeria in the house. My man. What's up? Nigeria. Where are you at, Nigeria. Nigeria, love it. Tallahassee, Florida. Hey, Saudi. I see you, Saudi Arabia, bringing the oil on. Shane Prevost escaped to Texas. I see Nigeria. We got multiple Nigeria. I love it. Ireland in the house. Good to see you, Kennesaw, Georgia. Hey, Kentucky. Love that bluegrass. Bradford, England's in here. What's up, Maine? Good to see you. UK, England. What's up, DC? Good to see you. Romania's in the house. What's up, Wales? I see Wales. We got you. Romania, we got you. Romania, love it, love it, love it. Thailand, wow. All right. What's up, Lagos? Hey, Czech Republic, Chechia, we got you. Boom. Any South America in the house? What's up, Eastern Shores, Maryland, Barbados, Ghana? What's up, Ghana? Uh, where's Ghana? Sub-Sahara, isn't it? Uh, where's Ghana? I think Ghana's Sub-Sahara. Damn it. We'll come back to Ghana. Note to self, Ghana. Uh... Levittown, PA, what up? Dude, we got some serious Nigerian um, representation. All right, let me pause the music here really quickly. All right, hold on. I see mods hooking me up here. We've got Turkey. Uh, I'm, I'm just doing some cleanup now. Turkey, Ethiopia. Hold on. Where is uh, Ghana? I might need some help there. Ethiopia is on the eastern part. I know that. DR Congo, got Botswana. Nepal? What? Holy crap, Nepal. I don't even know if I can get Nepal on this map. 
There it is. Nepal's in here. Love it. Way to go, Nepal. Rep Represent Poland in here. Holy Jesus. Turkey. We got Turkey. We got Nepal. I don't know where Ghana is. West Africa. Guinea. Senegal. Mali. Togo. Algeria. Morocco. Western Sahara. Libya. Libya. Speaking of Back to the Future. Dude. I don't know where Ghana is. Chicago. Oh, Ghana's by Nigeria. Oh, it's really small. All right, we got Ghana. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Ecuador. Hold on, is Ecuador South America, right? Damn it. I feel like Ecuador might be Central America or... Oh, let me, I'm going to Google that. Where is Ecuador? If we have Ecuador in here, we may... Uh, pursuit of bliss. I, I do what I can. Guys, Ecuador. Ecuador is South America. Hold on. Is there Ecuador in here? Kenya's in the house, guys. Oh, my God. Africa's coming correct. Where the hell's Kenya? All right. So, wow. All right. Um, guys, really quickly. Um, we straight crushed... Three weeks, four weeks in a row. I'll have to go back and check the tape. But we've got South America, North America, Africa, Australia, Asia, Central America, Middle East. By the way, I count Middle East and Central America as their own like areas to make sure that we get around the world. Leonardo's always bringing the DR. I want to say uh, James Driscoll's always bringing the Middle East in. But I know we have others. Africa, you guys are coming correct today. Jesus, like Nigeria with heavy representation. Europe getting some reps. Love it, love it, love it, guys. We did it. Good job, everybody. But now it's time for business. It's all fun and games, but we got to get to the news. So do me a favor. Feel good about our win, but I need you to sit back and relax and let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. So serious, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. Amazon server outage broke fast food apps, among other things. At around 3 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, an Amazon Web Services cloud server outage affected a number of services, including mobile apps for Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell, and Delta Airlines. Among a plethora of other services potentially affected, the Hacker News reported being unable to access consoles, while The Verge experienced issues with its website. All right, hold on. I'm being told to crank up the music on the... Um... All right, hold on one second. Let's just do an audio check on this really quick, okay? Hold on. I know, I know, I know. Hold on. We're going to restart the stories. Guys, if you saw what I'm dealing with here, it's really, I have a very little real estate. Okay, here we go. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. How's that? Is that too loud? It's Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. Amazon server outage broke fast food apps, among other things. At around 3 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, an Amazon Web Services cloud server outage affected a number of services, including mobile apps for Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell, and Delta Airlines. Among a plethora of other services potentially affected, the Hacker News reported being unable to access consoles, while The Verge experienced issues with its website. AWS reported at 6.42 p.m. Eastern that the issues affecting its U.S. East 1 region had been resolved and stemmed from a capacity management subsystem issue. Okay. 
All right. <clears throat> so a couple things here. One, you know, basically, okay, so here, the, okay, so there's a several things here. One, lesson for people who work in the industry. If you are building any type of mission critical services or apps um, for your business, leveraging cloud infrastructure, you are basically getting in bed with AWS or Azure. Like you're making a commitment and you are depending on them. And there's this thing called five nines, which is like 99.999% availability uptime. They never guarantee 100% because crap happens, because Carl, okay? But you need to know um, that you're making that commitment. And then you need to identify the risk and then manage it, right? This is GRC 101. This is why GRC is awesome and people don't give it enough credit, okay? You have to manage the risk. So what, what, are you, what would you do if you were in this instance, okay? So a couple things. One, you can accept that you might have some downtime. Amazon did get it back up pretty quickly, so way to go, Amazon, and you would expect that from them, but this can happen. So you can do a couple things. One, you can, um, they have US East, they might have US East 2. They definitely have US East 1, uh, excuse me, West 1. So you can have a hot site for automatic rollover if it's that important. I'll give you an example. Netflix is on AWS. Netflix, like if, if your McDonald's or Taco Bell app goes down, you can still go through the drive-through and order um, you know, a, a cheesy gordita, um, you know, jalapeno popper, whatever. I don't even know what they do at Taco Bell, right? Like a, whatever it is, it doesn't have sour cream on it, if you feel me, right? So I don't even know what that's a picture of Joel Belton, but that's concerning. Um, but you could still go get the food. So that's not mission critical. Netflix, Netflix, they're an online streaming service. If Netflix goes down for a period of time, like that's it. You can't go get Netflix somewhere else. Like the the days of the mailing the DVDs uh, are over, right? Gather around, children. Uh, us with gray hair can tell you about the day when we used to wait two days <laughs> for a DVD to come in the mail, and that was what Netflix was. However, I digress. Netflix actually has their entire infrastructure built in multiple zones in multiple regions. Netflix goes down, they go right back up. You as a consumer of Netflix never even experience or notice that there was anything. You might get like a little loading bubble, but that's it, okay? So when you're talking about cloud infrastructure and cloud dependency, you need to account for what happens if it goes down, right? Um, I'll give you another example that is um, serious, okay? If you're offering telemedicine, like, which is like remote healthcare, which is really, really popular in the US right now. I don't know if, um, oh, you can still do DVDs, Peter Lee? That's cool. Um, if, if you're doing Netflix, I mean, if you're doing Netflix, telehealth, right? Wicked popular in the US. Let me know if it's popular in other parts of the world. You'd almost think that in parts of the world that ha are more rural, you'd have more telehealth because you can deliver healthcare to more people in rural populations. But anyways, that's a different conversation. If the, if the internet goes down, if AWS goes down, perhaps you're not able to do stroke screening. Perhaps you're not able to do these just-in-time emergency um, type of medicine type things. Um, that could be really, really devastating. So the TLDR here is, this is just an example where Amazon goes down for a minute, impacts multiple businesses because they're all built on top of Amazon. It comes back up. This should serve as a stark uh, reminder that when you commit to cloud infrastructure as part of your overall solution, 
you are dependent on them delivering their part of the services, um, not to get wicked, you know, uh, dark and uh, dystopian. Shall we play a game? But if AI was going to go, you know, ham on us, you know, taking out cloud might be the first step, right? Um, although AI might kneecap themselves because they probably depend on cloud for access and stuff too. But I'm just saying, uh, there's a lot of things built on the cloud. Uh, make sure that you have dependencies. Also, you might want to share this with your IT brethren and, or your R&D people who are building solutions and say, hey, we need to account. Like, are we willing to accept 30 minutes of downtime of not being on the internet? Like, that's a real business question. Let me know. All right. Um, also, because I just said um, this is a one for your brother, and it reminds me. Remind me of jawjacking if you're interested. We're bringing the newsletter back. We're bringing the newsletter back. Smith warns of possible zero day exploited in limited attacks. Following up on a story we brought to you yesterday on cybersecurity headlines, over the weekend, news broke of a critical vulnerability in Forda OS that could allow an unauthenticated hacker to remotely execute arbitrary code. Fortinet is now warning customers that the flaw has been exploited in limited attacks. Therefore, customers are being advised to immediately upgrade to the most recent firmware release. That release, however, fixes five additional flaws in its SSL VPN module, including one used by a Chinese threat actor for in-the-wild exploitation of government and other organizations. Okay, two things. One, I've confirmed by Eric Taylor, the same man behind Barricade Cyber Solution, the same man behind the 50 gifted subs, that Netflix will actually be sending its final male DVD on September 29th, 2023, marking 25 years of mailing DVDs, and that'll be the end of it. So that is, uh, you know, going the way of the dodo. So get ready, uh, you know, people on that. All right, so here we go. Fortinet warns customers of possible zero-day attacks. I'm, I'm just going to say, I don't normally do this. I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty, like, um, not humble guy, but like a pretty, like, easygoing, you know, don't beat my chest kind of guy. But I'm going to take a lap on this one. I'm going to take a lap on this one. I literally called this, like, yesterday they announced this story. And I was like, I, I guarantee you before the end of the week, we're going to get a story about Fortinet uh, getting exploited. Remember it was a 9-8 yesterday, and I'm like, oh, that means that it's not actively being exploited. Hello, welcome to CVSS score 10.0. You've made it to the um, infamous uh, category of really gross vulnerabilities. If you are running Fortinet gateway firewalls, absolutely, um, you want to get them sorted out as quickly as possible. You can use Shodan.io to find them if you don't know. You should definitely talk to your networking engineering team. If you have an MSP providing your IT services, you should email them and be like, bro, are we running Fortinet? Yes or no? And then uh, take, um, take steps accordingly. You, listen to me, you would rather be down and not have internet access for a bit than be running, like, you know, for a reasonable time, right? Like however long it takes to fix this problem, maybe an hour downtime or whatever, then like running YOLO with this. This is the one I told you. I think this is the one I talked about. Michael Huskin in the hospital gown with his butt hanging out. Uh, sorry, Michael, I read chat yesterday after the stream and saw you, you mentioned you were wearing a hospital gown. But my point is, like, guys, it's, this is real stakes. This isn't freaking um, watchdogs video game or something. This is real stakes. If you're really running this stuff and it's really vulnerable and it's really easy to pop, Bad guys are going to do it. That's their that's their mo. We're we're caught in this epic clash of good versus evil, and the bad guys they do their part. We have to do ours. 
Next story. U.S. intelligence confirms it buys Americans' personal data. A newly declassified government report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, or ODNI, confirms for the first time that U.S. intelligence and spy agencies purchase vast amounts of commercially available information on Americans. The info includes data from connected vehicles, web browsing history, and smartphones. While government agencies normally need to secure a court-approved warrant to obtain such data directly from tech companies, they can freely purchase the same data through brokers. Senator Ron Wyden said, quote, the government's existing policies have failed to provide essential safeguards for Americans' privacy or oversight of how agencies buy and use personal data, end quote. Wyden has called for Congress to pass legislation that would put guardrails on the government's purchasing of personal info. Great cash, homie. CISA orders agency. Bruh, guys, how freaking funny is that? I wish I had the Nelson haha sound effect right now because I don't because of my because of my soundboard. But listen to this. Literally, information. Hold on, what is this? IT at 40 plus. Hey, Gerald, go grab a beefy cheeseburger. <laughs> Some steak with beef. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, IT at 40. <laughs> what? Do we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the Taco Bell lunch. I appreciate that. Oh my God. All right. So how funny is this? That for years, the US government had to jump through hoops and do, you know, get requests, get approval, get screen, get everything in order to get access to information. And they've discovered it's much easier to just go to data brokers and buy it. You know why? Straight cash, homie. That's right, Randy. Straight cash, homie. Guys, two, two things. One, I don't know if you if you thought about it yet. It just occurred to me. I find it somewhat um, ironic that they're using our tax dollars to purchase our data to, to do operations on us. Doesn't that seem a little janky? Like, like, here's my money. Like, just can we just not pay taxes and I'll give you my information? Like, can we just cut the middleman of the data broker out and uh, get a piece of the pie? As Charles Finfrock uh, posited on stream a couple, like, uh, last year. Like, dude, data brokers, cut me in on the action. I'll give you my, I'll give you my data. Just sell, let me get in on some of the, some of the money, man. Rah. So anyways, um, a newly declassified report says it's, happen it's happening. I'm actually going to flag this. Um, you can see it says they do phone apps, vehicle data, all sorts of internet connected devices. They mentioned data brokers. This is a good time. This is a, um, this is a uh, particular uh, fascination of mine. I'm big on data brokers. I'm gonna share this right now with you guys. Um, I might even do a, a watch party if I if I get time. This right here, it's a 25-minute video. Okay, data brokers, um, John Oliver. Okay, guys, this is on YouTube. It's absolutely free to watch. I just dropped a link in YouTube chat. If you get a chance to watch this, at minimum, click on it and mark it. Watch later. This is a excellent digest on what is actually happening in the United States and worldwide, but the focus is in the US on data collection, data aggregation, data enrichment, data brokering, and the big money. When I talk big money, guys, I'm talking billions of dollars, like real money. Like we joke and we grab butt around here about like, oh, Meta and Amazon and all that.
guys, like, yes, they're selling your data, but like the brokers who get it are, are enriching it with other data and they're selling it too to clients such as the US government. And you can bet your butt that this is like real, real money, like, like real money, okay? So um, I'm just also gonna flag this uh, document here. Uh, here we go. Is this the... Uh... Okay, well, you, it looks like you have to go deep down the rabbit hole to actually get to the document that you need. But um, I plan on, I, I'm gonna take a note to myself to read the uh, document. Excuse me while I take an action item document on D-Class Data Broker. If anyone's seen the John Oliver Data Broker video, let me know in chat what you thought of it. I mean, it really is unbelievable. Is to remove tools from public-facing internet. On Tuesday, CISA issued an order to all federal civilian agencies to remove or bolster controls for internet-exposed network management interfaces within two weeks of discovery. CISA said several recent hacking campaigns have underscored the grave risk to the federal enterprise posed by improperly configured network devices. CISA said it plans to scan for devices and interfaces exposed to the internet and notify all agencies of its findings. All right, hold on. Hold on, it says here, CISA Director Jen Easterly said hackers are able to use networking devices to gain unrestricted access to organizational networks, turning into full compromise. If you're a new squad member, let me introduce you to the Jen Easterly emote. Don't worry, it's not an unhealthy obsession. I just think Jen Easterly is doing her job exceptionally well, and I want to recognize her every opportunity I get because she's just killing it um, as the director of CISA. All right, so here's the deal. Um, CISA orders, so that's got uh, some authority behind it, right? U.S. civilian agencies to remove tools from public-facing internet. When I first saw this story, and remind, just to remind uh, you all, um, all 276 of you, I do not read these stories before I come on air. I don't, I don't, I don't know any of what's going to come up. I, I just, I, I get the tabs open, so I see the headline. But, um, so my, my initial thought when I saw the headline was like tools, like security tools, like ooh, that's a bad look if there's like tooling out there. But what she's saying is. Um, if you have like a web application portal or, you know, you can go to like some website and be able to access your email or whatever, uh, threat actors are able to find it. And they're saying you need to take them off your public facing internet. You need basically to have it behind a VPN or behind some type of Citrix gateway. Guys, it's 2023. We as InfoSec and IT professionals have many good solutions in order to protect sensitive systems and sensitive tools and sensitive data from the internet from uh, unauthorized access right you can be sitting in a chair in massachusetts and access a sensitive system in washington dc without exposing it to the internet and to the hostility of threat actors we have the technology it can be done but there's legacy technology there's carl who, who just stick it out there without knowing any better. There's people who misconfigure things. There's, you know, contractors who got hired in and then they get laid off and then the next contractors come in and they're like, oh, they did it wrong, let me fix it, but they really break it. There's a million different ways that this can happen. But the point is, because they're public facing, it's very easy, yeah, Okta, exactly. There's, it, because it's public facing, it's very easy to find for CISA because CISA can find it the same way bad guys can find it and then notify. So I'll tell you two things. 
one, if any agency gets popped, and I bet you this executive order, this is the order that says they have to do it right here, binding operational directive 2302. I bet you that they give them some type of, um, you, you have to give them like a certain period of time. Within four, so you can see here, I just uh, searched and saw, within 14 days, um, you need to remove the interface from the internet and make it only accessible. So this is a really aggressive timeline for the US government. 14 days is not long between now, so by the end of June, you need to have this stuff off the internet post haste. Um, what'll be interesting to see is if some company gets popped in July or August, especially as we get closer to the election cycle, um, if, like what is the, what is the, like what's the, what's the punishment? What's the sanction if you do not do it, right? Um, because, it's, because it's a US government thing, there will be no like, it's not a private business policy where it's not like you'll be sanctioned or fired. It's really hard to get fired from the US government. I'll also point out that's like a, that's almost like a joke in the United States. But um, this, we'll see what happens, but I guarantee you, Mark Tape, just like the Fortinet thing, um, there will be a civilian agency that gets popped in some way after July 1st. And I'll be curious to see what type of, um, uh, accountability is held to that agency. The second thing I want to tell you is if you are a business, you can use, and I think I saw some people uh, say it um, in, in chat, um, you can use Shodan to find these public facing things. And by the way, uh, just as a quick aside, because a lot of times IT people, and I'm looking at you IT people, um, will or, or software devs will think that if they come up with some crazy URL or URI, no one will find it, right? Like, oh, who's going to know that it's, you know, whatever, like fed.gov slash, you know, burritosteakmelt.com or, you know, slash um, foobar.html, right? Like, like they, people think that by creating some random URI or, or you know, resource that it'll be hidden right? That's called security through obscurity. And it's not secure at all. It, in fact, it's boneheaded, right? Where, where are you? Oh! Right? Hold on. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. You cannot hide through obscurity, okay? Like, you, you will be found, you will be exploited, and it will be a bad day for you. So you need to implement sound security practices and, and, and not try to cut corners, all right? Don't cut corners with security, all right? It's just not gonna work. All right, let's keep rolling on this. And now a word from our sponsor, Conveyor. What's better than using Conveyor's GPT questionnaire response tool to generate precise answers to security questionnaires? Letting customers upload their own questionnaires to your portal and getting back answers in seconds, all based on the content in your knowledge base. Think of it like a security questionnaire ATM. A prospect clicks through the NDA, uploads questions, and gets all the answers they need from the bot, all without ever having to speak to you. We call that a win-win. Learn more at www.conveyor.com. All right. We are at the mid-roll. Do we get any first-timers here? Hashtag first-timer or team first-timer? I didn't know. If you are a first-timer, allow me to welcome you to a tradition that we do every mid-roll. All right, guys, I want to thank all of you for being here. We're at uh, 
209, uh, 266, looks like a couple of you dropped off. That's okay. Hey, IT Anna, good to see you. All right, guys, I want to say thank you to the stream sponsors, uh, Barricade Cyber Solutions and Panopsi. Also, Wednesday, I want to thank ACI Learning for allowing me to be able to continue to do this show, to continue to drink this coffee, to continue to socialize with you uh, every single weekday morning um, and make it super slick for everybody. Prince Polly, first timer. Welcome, Prince Polly. Great to have you in stream. Hey, Kabuki Brown, good to have you. Hey, Adestro, good to have you. Love it, love it, love it. If you're getting value from the stream, if you're getting educational value, entertainment value, do me a favor, hit the like button just for a hot minute. And um, hitting the like button on YouTube will actually tell YouTube algorithm to go tell other cybersecurity people that we're doing this right here and they'll come find us. And then it's all about good times after that. Guys, it is Wednesday, which is Worldwide Wednesday. We ran the gamut, so there's no, there's no um, mid-roll activity for that. But let's talk about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge for a hot minute. I also want to pump up my light. I feel like I'm not bright enough. Let's do this really quickly. How's that? Does that look better? More bright, Jerry? Okay. All right, so Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Thanks, Justin Gold. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an initiative that we started a few months ago um, that every single day, someone in the community takes the baton. Right now, Stormwalking has it, and Stormwalking has, cheat, has tagged Zesus Christ. So if Zesus Christ is in chat and is ready to pick it up, um, is that too bright? Let me know. Um, if Zesus Christ is ready to pick up the baton, here's the deal. If you don't get the baton right now, you can still participate, Alan Norris. Go on to LinkedIn. Search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. You will see the posts from Stormwalking, from Adrian Harris, from Zesus Christ if they take it. There it is, Zesus Christ got it. Okay, go, read their post, connect with them. Literally, like hit the connect button. Comment on their post. What do you think about their post? Did they ask a question? Answer it. Also, for everybody that commented, just like you, connect with them. What you end up doing is building a spider web of professional networked connections that are meaningful, deliberate, like-minded, and going to add value to your professional network, just like you're adding value to their professional network. It, it, it's gonna start off slow. It's like, a little, it's like a little snowball going down the hill, but just like in the cartoons, guys, when it gets going full steam and it's about three quarters of the way down the mountain, it's a massive, massive snowball. And it's got so much speed and so much momentum that whatever it hits, it's going to explode. And it's gonna explode in a massively positive way. Believe me, get into professional networking. It's so freaking valuable. I can't emphasize it enough. Please, Jesus Christ, I said, I look, I look forward to, um, I look forward to um, your post. All right, one second. All right, hold on, I'm getting some feedback on my lighting here. Mm. All right, guys. So that was a quickie for the mid-roll. We'll save, we'll save some jaw jacking time. It's already 841. I know NCC Group and Base Case are gonna uh, hang me up by my ankles if I uh, if I go over. So let's keep rolling. Chinese hackers abuse ESXi zero day to pilfer files from guest VMs.
Researchers from Mandiant discovered the Chinese cyber espionage group UNC3886 quietly exploiting a zero-day authentication bypass flaw in VMware tools to execute privileged commands on guest virtual machines over the past several months. The bug allows attackers to use the compromised hosts to transfer files to and from Windows, Linux, and vCenter guest virtual machines without the need for guest credentials and without any default logging of the activity. VMware released a patch addressing the flaw on Tuesday. All right. I pumped the volume on the podcast just now, so hopefully uh, that's back to where <clears throat> you guys want it. Um, I'm just reading. This is a bit of a complicated story. Uh, okay, so two things. One, if you're running VMware uh, ESXi, which is basically ESXi, not to come up with like, you know, that's a term that a lot of people may not recognize because it it is just a bunch of letters. But ESXi is the chassis. Um, think of a chassis. Okay, so when we think of cloud computing, right, you've got like this, you know, think of like a, a diagram here and you've got the rectangle on the bottom, that's the cloud. And then above it, you would install like your servers or your network devices, or your endpoints, whatever. And it sits on top of the cloud. Well, before cloud, there was um, hypervisors, okay? And hypervisors allowed you to have servers and endpoints, but mostly servers that were virtual, so you didn't have to have a blade in a server rack for every server, okay? That's the way it used to be. Expensive, heavy, time-consuming, resource-intensive. Well, if you have a beefy, beefy physical server hardware, you could put VMware ESXi chassis on it, right? And the chassis sits there and it doesn't really do anything except allow you to install VM servers on it, right? So now you got a Windows server for AD, a Windows server for DNS, you got a file server, you got a bunch of like billing servers, whatever, and they're all sitting on the chassis. Now the chassis, um, the ESXi chassis allows you to uh, manage all of the VMs, and it does a lot of, um, think of it as almost an operating system, kind of where it handles hardware resource allocation, network allocation, because all the servers are virtualized, you know, that type of resource management needs to be handled, and that's what the ESXi does. So it's a very powerful piece of technology. It allowed businesses to go from on-prem, big, heavy server data center racks to smaller server data center racks with greater resource intensity and virtualized and management became either easier. And then when cloud came out, people migrated up to the cloud. Okay. So this has been your, you know, can we get like, get, get this. What's a chassis. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's C H A S I S chassis. Like think of a chassis as like a holder, like a cradle, like it can hold things. And in this case, the ESXi chassis holds virtual servers okay um turn up your gain sound distant on your mic request in chat to turn up your mic oh, oh my god okay i'll move it closer to my face and then i'll talk like this is this <laughs> all right let's let's see how that goes if that's a little bit better um but but my point is all this was like a quick little uh here where's my snake eyes i just wanted to spend a minute talking about what vmware esxi chassis were because you hear it used a lot, and a lot of people don't know what it is. And frankly, I feel like it's one of those things that m people might be embarrassed to ask. So I wanted to spend a minute kind of driving into what it was and kind of the history of it, okay? Now, fast forward. 
ESXi chassis, or the ESXi is vulnerable to a zero day, and you can see where it says to pilfer files from guest VMs. So remember, the VMs are sitting inside the chassis. The chassis is kind of like the foundation that handles resource allocation for all the servers that are plugged into it. So because you can compromise the foundation, just like if you compromise the operating system, you could get into an application. Same thing here, you can compromise ESXi and get into um, one of the guest VMs and then steal stuff, right? Um, and some Chinese espionage group is doing that. Now, um, now uh, volume sounds great to me, okay. Yeah, uh, okay, so the final thing I'll say, and I am not sponsored by or affiliated in any way um, with Mandiant or FireEye, okay, so Mandiant got bought by Google recently, and I don't know if FireEye came with the, tra uh, with the acquisition, but think about this, that Mandiant and FireEye are coupled. Mandiant is like the incident response company, and FireEye is the EDR, or endpoint detection and response company, the agent on your box that fires and detects and helps protect you from bad. They're, they're, they're the same company, it's just two different business offerings in there. And I know Google bought Mandiant. If someone in chat knows whether or not Google gets FireEye as part of that acquisition, let me know. But, but let me just tell you this really quickly, okay? I use Microsoft um, Defender for Endpoint for my businesses. And I know people have uh, feedback and, and comments and concerns on the quality and efficacy of Defender. But for me and my risk tolerance, Defender's good. I want to say that I have worked in a FireEye shop and I really liked their product, and I really liked their custom, like their client management, okay? Like, they meet with you regularly, and they tell, they give you like threat briefings, and it's like, not, it's like not confidential information, but it's also information you're not allowed to publicly disclose, so it's very sensitive. And it's, they, they were an excellent company, right? So I guess that's what I wanted to just tell you. Like, I found FireEye to be an excellent company, um, in general, so if you're if you're looking for an EDR solution, I consider them again not a paid spot. It's just my experience dealing with them. MS SQL makes up ninety three percent of all database honeypot activity. In a blog post on Tuesday, Trustwave's Spider Labs said its study of database server honeypots based in six different countries revealed that Microsoft SQL made up ninety three percent of all attack activity. Spider Labs also set up sensors on default TCP ports for MySQL, MongoDB, Postgres SQL, Oracle DB, IBM DB2, Cassandra, and Couchbase. The UK and China registered the most MS SQL attacks, followed by Ukraine, Russia, Poland, and the US. The researchers recommend that organizations implement strong and secure authentication, including enabling MFA and disabling default accounts. Additionally, security teams should closely monitor privileged access, keep software up to date, and conduct frequent security audits. If anyone thinks that this infographic is moving my needle, you're mistaken. I am an infographic, um, a, you know, a, <laughs> not aficionado. I do love myself some infographics. A pie chart by itself, no. Like, it's just not, there's nothing here. It's not good. Jim Wales is out. Gotta go, all right, Jim Wales. Hey, and I apologize, just really quick uh, for, for chat, for the 271 of you. I do try to keep it to 45 minutes, but um, you, you know, like with the new studio and some of the challenges with the, with the uh, production, 
Uh, we go a little over. So, um, all right. So really quickly, here's the deal. This story, there's not a lot to take out of this other than if you're running MS SQL service on a publicly facing server, you're getting hammered and not in the throw the beads at me uh, bourbon street kind of hammered. Like you're getting threat actors walking up, knocking on your door. <laughs> kind of like that scene in old school at the beginning. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say what it is, but like the door, the door is knocking repeatedly. Hello, I'm here for the, hello, I'm here for the, hello, I'm here for the, that's what's happening if you're running MS SQL on a publicly facing server. And this is fact-based, not speculation, because um, 10 different databases have set up honeypots, okay, or a bunch of honeypots, I, I don't know how many, have been set up, and the honeypots are running all sorts of services, right? And the one that is getting touched and probed and knocked on the most is MS SQL, 93% of all activity, which is a massive, massive amount of activity, guys. Like, normally it's like SMB, or RDP, right? Um, MS SQL, that's, that's significantly high. So the TLDR here is you should, again, you should use Shodan, you should look at your own IP range, you should definitely see if you're running MS SQL. If you are, if, excuse me, oh my God. Excuse me, that was inappropriate. Um, if you are, um, you should absolutely make sure that it's secured. Like they said, default accounts removed, MFA in place, Again, if you're running default counts on an MS SQL server, you've got like bigger, you got bigger problems on your on your plate. But uh, just do that. Uh, remind me of jawjacking um, about uh, honeypots because I've got I've got a project in the works that I forgot about, like like so many things I do. Um, and uh, just remind me. And now it's time for you should probably patch that Patch Tuesday edition. On Tuesday, Microsoft released a relatively light load of security patches. As an added bonus, this month's update appears to be the first since March of 2022 that isn't marred by the active exploitation of a zero-day vulnerability in Microsoft's products. In total, June's Patch Tuesday plugs 78 security holes topped by a privilege escalation flaw in Microsoft SharePoint server assigned a critical severity and rated 9.8 on the CVSS scale. Several other fixes apply to vulnerabilities in the Windows Pragmatic General Multicast, or PGM, video streaming and gaming services, and two bugs in good old Microsoft Exchange for email. All right, really quickly, because we're running low on time, and I have a, oh shoot, I have a wicked important nine o'clock call. Um, okay, so really quickly, um, I dropped a link in chat. This is Krebs on security. Krebs, Brian Krebs is an awesome security resource. His blog is phenomenal. It's Microsoft Patch Tuesday yesterday, so go ahead and patch all your stuff. It said 75 patches. That's not really a big number. That's like kind of par for the course. St. Margaret's becomes first hospital to cite cyber attack as a reason for its closure. St. Margaret's Health in Illinois fell victim to a ransomware attack back in February 2021, forcing them to shut down IT infrastructure at Spring Valley Hospital. The payment system was taken offline for months, causing billing delays and a significant economic impact on the organization. SMB's chair, Suzanne Stahl, said that on June 16th, <laughs> the system will shut down its Spring Valley and Peru facilities due to a number of factors, including the cyber attack, the COVID-19 pandemic, and staffing shortages. 
The closure of the hospital is expected to have a dramatic impact on residents and marks the first time a hospital has cited a cyber attack as a reason for ceasing its operations. Okay, so healthcare ransomware attacks, devastating effects. It did say that the country of Peru was planning on buying the hospital, so the citizens of that area are likely to uh, continue to receive healthcare services. This totally sucks. They say it's the first time that it's marked that a hospital uh, closed. Um, I just want to point out really quickly: um, you should, de if if you work in healthcare, you should absolutely flag this story. But I want to. Um, I want to point out um, this is not the first time a healthcare provider has gone under um, because of because of healthcare. Like right here, this is September 2019. Because I'm a maniac and I memorize stuff like this, um, this is the earliest example that I know of of a healthcare provider being uh, having to close their doors uh, a full four years before this attack right here. But you know. My heart goes out to you, St. Margaret's Health. It's just, I mean, nobody wants to wear the mantle of like first healthcare to get taken out by ransomware. But, uh, you know, silver looks good on you, St. Margaret's. Hopefully this doesn't uh, impact anybody. Uh, actually, hold on. This says in Illinois. Then what are they talking about somebody in Peru buying them? Uh, I just saw something about Peru, right? Suzanne Stahl also added that they're going to buy somewhere in Peru. Um, Oh, maybe it's not Peru the country. Is there Peru, Illinois? I don't know. Although it sucks. Yeah, it says it wasn't so much. Here's the interesting thing, guys. It wasn't so much about their ability to deliver health care. It was their ability to bill for medical treatments. They couldn't make the money. Great cash, homie. They couldn't get paid. That sucks, man. So they could deliver health care. They could look up patient records. They could do all the things that they need to do for health care. They couldn't get paid. Just another sign of how the U.S. Uh, healthcare system works. <laughs> All right, guys, really quickly, because I got to go uh, wicked, wicked quickly here. Let me juice this down. Let me do this. Do, do, do. Okay, guys. I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, I want to remind you later today at 1 o'clock is episode 2 of the How to Market Your Cyber Self limited run series that I'm doing with Virginia Case. Come catch it at 1 p.m. All right. Let me know um, if you guys, like, please come hang out. It's going to be awesome. Um, Trust me, if you saw episode one, you know what kind of value Virginia Case is going to be bringing. This is going to be no doubt just as good. Hacking your personal brand. Unleash your cyber persona. Come join us. It's going to be wicked good. Guys, I want to remind everybody the Simply CyberCon. Kimberly McKnight and Allison Van Stone have been uh, busting their humps. And now that you have the ability to share, um, you can help spread the word. Look here. Help spread the word. If you go to the main website and scroll down, you can see there's all of these different assets that you can um, use the graphics. There's actually already a copy and paste post, right? So if you want to uh, comment on LinkedIn, on Twitter, um, on LinkedIn also, you can do it all here. They've made it very easy to share. Um, so if you want to volunteer for the Simply Cyber Conference, this is one way to get engaged right away. Guys, this website looks super dope. Uh, great job, Kimberly and Allison. Thank you so very much. Guys, I'm Jerry. 
Um, I'm running out of here like I had, like I had spicy chili for dinner last night, and I got to get to the bathroom. I'm, 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 I'm doing the two-step out of here as quickly as possible. I got a 9 a.m. I'm Jerry, your chat. Thank you all so very much, and I hope to see all of you at 1 p.m. Until next time, stay secure. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Come